0: Hello and welcome to the best of Sherwood Park. Now, you know me, I'm, I popcorn all over the place, so I have invited um, gentlemen that I've met in an online training mentorship group um, that I'm excited to introduce today, Mr. Alan Meisner. And he's got a great story that we're going to share. I I think the big takeaway that I want you to, to leave with today is the understanding of us as online coaches and how specific we get into our uh, niche market and why and what is and why are, why is that important for all of us and especially for you as a client? So, Alan, first of all, you're in this beautiful country. I need to know how you got to Panama.
1: Well, um, I was uh, I was kind of looking at online training and doing some of it long before most people were, and because I saw the need and uh, I had a corporate job and I. I was doing that corporate job and it was miserable because uh, I was laying off everybody. Every year there would be a layoff. It was always around Thanksgiving, so they, everybody would be laid off. They would know going into Christmas that they're going to get laid off. And it was every year for four years in a row. The final year, I was actually on the list. Um, they wouldn't let me be on the list the year before I actually asked. Um, but they, they put me on the list and I got laid off. And so I told my wife, I said, I'm not going back there. I don't even like those people, uh, so I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to make online training work or work. Uh, <laughs> those are my choices. Um, but we started looking at our cost structure and said, makes no sense for us to live where we are, deal with what we're dealing with. We wanted a Caribbean beach life, that we kind of had that living in Pensacola Beach. So we wanted that you know house near the beach or on the beach and, and have that lifestyle but without the hurricanes and all the other stuff that comes with owning a very expensive house on a beach and so we decided to come down to Panama so this is uh, Bocas del Toro uh, it's a, an archipelago off the coast of Panama we're in the Caribbean uh, as I mentioned no hurricanes um, <laughs> Love it. and so yeah I get the best of the rainforest so you see you see the pictures and everything people are doing going to Costa Rica with this You know, the sloths and the monkeys and all that. We have that. We have some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. Um, And, yeah, I get to live in paradise every day.
0: I love that. You know, uh, in in Canada, we have a show on TLC or one of the home channels, and it's, you know, Live Your Best Caribbean Life. And I'm thinking, I just met somebody that decided that they're picking up and moving, you know, like this is a – that's a great – I can't even imagine the um, the the overwhelming uh, the overwhelming feeling that you'd get like packing it all up and getting on the plane and saying goodbye. But you're here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, you know that that was when it started to become real for my wife. You know, we put the house on the market. We started selling our stuff, and she was like, and it was the instant that she sold her car, Ooh. and she's like, this is the first time since I'm 16 years old that I have not owned a car. Uh, so she was like, this just got real. And we came down you know. and the plan was we, we came down in February and we were like, okay, we're gonna make this work. We're gonna rent, we're gonna figure things out. And worst case is worse. We don't like it at some point. We just decide we need to go back, then we'll go back. It's not like we, uh, we lost what we left. You know, it's, it's stuff still there. People are yeah. still there back in the United States. So did decide that we wanted to go back. Uh, my wife knows it would mean corporate jobs for us again, so we could afford to actually live there, but, you know, that's that's the choice we would make.
0: I love it. Well, congratulations, and uh, assuming that all is going well, you're, how long have you been in Panama?
1: Uh, four and a half years, yeah. All right, and so you're making a go and a half out of it. years ago. We're making a go out of about two and a half years ago, uh, we bought a bed and breakfast. It's a six bedroom bed and breakfast called Lula's. And we renovated it and we've been running it now for a little over a year and a half. And it's going really well.
0: I love it. Okay, so did you guys hear that? If you need to go to Panama, look look up Alan and his wife because they have a place for you to stay. And uh, I'm assuming uh, muffins and good eggs come in the morning for you
1: fresh cooked breakfast to order every morning. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) I love it. Okay, well, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this. This is the online coaching. Um, I I really wanted to have you here because you are specific in a niche and I wanted to talk about aging and especially what you're seeing in your clients. So tell us about your specific niche and, um, and then we can go from there.
1: Okay. I'm basically uh, working with people over the age of 40 uh, that have gotten themselves out of shape and want to get themselves back in shape. So, you know, a lot of a lot of coaches want to find the athletes they're in the 40s and want to still be athletes into their 50s and 60s, which is great. Uh, that's not entirely me. I'm I'm the one who had wrecked my health uh, during my career and had to turn everything around. And the the mental game of doing that. Uh, is really where it's all at. You know, when you're in your 20s, uh, just throw workouts at it and it'll, it'll fix itself. Uh, but when you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s, uh, it's not so easy anymore to turn things around, particularly if you have some major health concerns, injuries, and other things. So I work with people to help them lose weight, improve their fitness, and then basically they can set more challenging and challenging goals for themselves uh, as they get better and better. Uh, I was uh, in really, really bad shape, but didn't want to be, uh, and went from being basically near dead to uh, competing in a 12 uh, Tough Mudder with my CrossFit daughter. Uh, she was a level one CrossFit coach, and I was like, "I need a challenge. I need something. I want to be a participant in her life." And so I turned myself around, and I basically try to do that for my clients today.
0: I love that. I, you know, I, I, I mean, at 55 this year, I find that you know, like we run these stages of life that we have to come to terms with and whatever that is, if you're an athlete and you've, had, you've slowed down or whether you weren't an athlete and you wanna, you, you wanna become active, these are things that I think, the, I think that there's no boundary, there's no, uh, you're never too old to get started, whatever that looks like. Um, do you work with both men and women?
1: I do, I do. Uh, because of the because of the nature of the business, uh, I guess, and I have a podcast and it just seems I do attract more women than men, so it's a, like a three to two kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, mostly most of my clients, let's say two-thirds of them are, are women, uh, and most of them are more interested in the weight loss than they are in what they're able to do athletically. Uh, the men uh, oftentimes will focus more on what they can do athletically and look at the weight loss as just kind of a bonus.
0: Which makes complete sense. So let's talk a little bit about the women that you're dealing with or um, and or the men in that 40, moving to 50 and 60 year olds. What are some of the best practices that you might suggest that we look at in our early 40s to make sure that we're keeping up with our aging body, do you have any good tips that you can um, let us, like from your experience?
1: Well, I I always wanna start from the mindset. I wanna start from why are you doing this? Why? Because the why and the vision of what you want to accomplish are really the answers to every question that comes after this. So someone could come to me and say, I need a workout program, and I'd be like, why? I'm like, well, I want to get fit, I want to, okay, why? What does that look like? Because for some person, uh, fitness might be doing a Tough mother. For someone else, it might just be the grandmother that wants to get on the floor with her grandchildren and not sit in a rocking chair and look down at them. Or for other people, they might be getting older, they might see it as an opportunity to remain independent, meaning they can open their own pickle jars, they can wipe their own butt. It's, Mm you know, as we age, we're going to lose capacity if we don't do something to keep it or gain it. And so as you look at your aging and say, "Who who am I, who do I wanna be? That should drive everything else. So there's no reason for me to give you a program until I know who you need to be.
0: And then when I know
1: who you need to be, you make the programming specific to that. And then when that happens, this is no longer working out. This is no longer exercising. This is no longer grudgery. This is training. This is training to be the grandmother you are meant to be. This is training to be the independent woman that you're always going to want to be. And so until we come to terms with who you need to be, then we know what to do and then we can start making you that person. And being over 40, we need to be a little bit more patient, and we need to do a little bit, be a little bit more gentle. And as we put those things into practice, it builds, and then suddenly your stamina is better. Suddenly you're able to get down and up and down off the floor. Suddenly you're able to carry things you couldn't carry before. And now you're feeling much more strong, much more energetic, much more capable, your confidence level goes up and that just brings joy to your life.
0: Absolutely. You know what I've really noticed in the last um, even 10 years since um, online coaching has really opened up is that we as coaches we've had the opportunity to look at, at so many facets. It's not just one piece of of the the, uh, the body that needs to be fixing but we can look at the mindset we can look at the nutrition we can look at the training as a whole um, because we we know that there that one doesn't they complement each other but they can also be very detrimental if one isn't on the right page as the others are so um, do you find that I guess everybody's going to be a little bit different with a uh, with injuries that are coming into your program that you have to treat them um, a bit more a bit more custom. It's not something that you can just uh, throw a program out there that a one size fits all for the 40 year old female.
1: Right, I I have one client that when I first started working with her, uh, my question was okay, it's a standard question. So tell me about your current activity level. And the answer was none. And I'm like, okay, tell me what that means. She says, well, I work at home, and she says, so literally I don't do anything else. I don't, I don't walk, I don't run, I don't lift, I don't, I don't do anything. I'm like, okay, so how far do you think you can walk in one session? And she said, maybe 10 minutes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so we're starting there, <laughs> okay. Versus I have another client, and she used to run and do obstacle course races, and then in the last three years, she kind of fell out of that. She's put on 25 pounds. Um, I asked her for current activity level, and she's like, well, I, I'm i still generally fit. I just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. like, okay, so that's a totally different conversation with that client versus the other. They're both the same age. Right. Okay, so if I said, "Here's here's a a thing for a mid-40s woman to do, um, one of them couldn't do it, the other one wouldn't be challenged by it. So if I want to hit them where they are and give them what they need, I have to sit down and really have a deep conversation with, again, where are you and where are you going? Um, So whenever we're going to take a trip, we have a map or GPS, the GPS has to calculate where you are and where you want to go and then can give you some better direction on how to get there. And that's basically what we start, is we basically just code their GPS and say, okay, now you know where you're going, you know why you're doing the things you're doing, they're gonna get you where you're going. And so every time now when we achieve a goal, they can literally see the movement toward the direction that they wanted to go. It's not just something where I said, oh, look, you got a new PR in your power clean so what (laughs) well you know maybe that does mean something to them but in a general sense for them fitness could have been something entirely different and that that PR is not going to mean as much to them unless they understand okay well the PR now means that you're going to be able to do this one thing that you want to keep doing or that you want to be able to do when you're older now when you're trying to lift the kayak up onto the top of the truck with your partner you can carry your end. Remember yeah. you couldn't do that before, but now that your you are and your power clean is up, suddenly you can lift your end of the kayak. Yeah. How cool uh, is that? Absolutely. That's, that's not, the, not the exercise, not the workout, it's the outcome.
0: Right, yeah. And absolutely, I mean, I, you know, I think as we grew up as um, even participating in school sports, uh, whether you were an active or sometimes uh, uh, in and out from, uh, from an athletic perspective. I think that understanding that as we age, we need to uh, equate Back the the movement in the gym into something that we do in real life. So giving them the tools and the power and the confidence to be able to, like you said, lift the kayak onto the onto the car and and back into the water. I mean that's a big deal um, because that that opens up a whole that that opens up a whole new opportunity of activity that they can continue on with. Um, what uh, what have you seen? from the diet part, the nutrition part, as, uh, as you've worked with the 40, 50, 60 year olds. Um, I know for myself, you know, growing up in a family that restriction was the key. They, that was the only way to lose weight. Are, are you seeing, like, do you, do you still see that in these 40, 50, 60 year olds? Well,
1: everything that you've ever heard about diet, it's, it's, it's in their head. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like for 40 years, everything that's ever been said about food and how certain foods are bad, and every food has been labeled bad at some point or another over the last 40 years, so food is bad uh, by the nature of it being called food, and and that's unfortunate because there's absolutely nothing wrong with food. We need food. It's nourishment to our bodies. It's fuel for our bodies. The problem is that we've just overcomplicated everything. <laughs> because we all know what to eat, you know, and, and whether you want to go vegan or you want to go carnivore or anywhere in between, it doesn't really matter. I've, I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of these folks that talk about diets and all the why is your diet better? Because it's a plant-based whole food diet. I'm like, okay, well, why is yours better? Well, because it's a meat-based all food, whole food diet. I'm like, okay, when we put it all together, what is it? High quality whole food eating to satiety and not more moving your body so that it feels welcomed and loved avoiding stress when you can but managing stress when you can't and sleeping as as well as you can those are the basic building blocks of health that we all know about but we want to sit there and demonize carbohydrates or demonize meat and that's not what's the problem the problem is that we we let it all get over complicated we don't deal with the mindset stuff first. So when food comes around, food's a friend, food's a de-stressor, food's comfort, food's all these other things besides nourishment and fuel, and we fall back on those things. Mm -hmm. So when we get to the wine, we get to the vision, and then we sit down, we start talking to ourselves. Who am I? And what are the things that I know will hold me back? Okay, so if you're someone who was really fit in the past, and you keep looking in your rear view mirror instead of your windshield you're not going to go forward you're going to stay still looking at your past so if you're someone that does that you need to know that if you're someone who still has children and maybe parents that you're taking care of you've got all these people in your life that are more important than you taking care of yourself well until you actually address that co-pilot thing where all these other people are more important you're not going to make the right decisions for yourself. Well, I'm too busy cooking for the kids, I'll just eat what they eat. So You're eating mac and cheese every night for dinner. Um, you know that's not right, that you're doing it because you haven't gotten past that part of your mindset. And so as we look at mindset and we look at motivation, and we say, okay, what's driving you? What's keeping you from being where you need to be? I'm trying to help my clients put the right tools in place to move them forward past these mindset blocks and then passed into motivation where we're going from, okay, you hired me as your coach for accountability. I'm gonna move you to a place of self-efficacy where you now see yourself as fit and, and, and able and capable and able to do these things and, and you're the boss of yourself and as a result, that self-efficacy is built in as your motivation tool Yes, you can still have a coach, and that'll help. Yes, you can be part of a peer group, like a training group or a run team or whatever, and that will help. But you won't need it as much when you're self-motivated, and that that takes work. Most of us get motivation backwards. We think, oh well, motivation will happen on Monday, but <laughs> it's Monday, and it didn't happen today. It'll happen next Monday. Um, <laughs> I got to get on that mailing list or something. But. <laughs> The point is, motivation comes from doing. You hire a coach, the coach holds you accountable. You join a fitness class, and that group holds you accountable. Okay, but that's accountability, that's outside yourself. The real motivation, the strongest motivation comes when you can take an intern. You say, look, I'm the boss of myself. I'm setting my alarm for five o'clock in the morning, and I'm not getting snooze. Right. That's a big one. The next one is when you actually start to relate to being the thing that you do. I'm a tennis player i'm a runner i'm a crossfitter and you actually it's in your head it's not that i and it's not that the guys are all going to be there at the crossfit box this morning at five o'clock it's that i'm going to be at the crossfit box at five o'clock because i'm a crossfitter you know and whatever it is it's once you start to make that that's your habits and your values then motivation is on it's on all the time because that's who you are and what you do And so what I try to do is with my clients is figure out what are those blocks and then how do we move them through the cycle of motivation where they're more self-efficacy based than accountability dependent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you want (laughs) to. Sorry, say that again.
1: I know that was a lot more than what you asked. but. uh... You get me talking, I'm going to talk.
0: <laughs> no, I, I love that. That's absolutely brilliant. I think that, you know, summing up what you're saying is we're building the foundation. We're looking to change some of the everyday things that we were doing and um, bringing them back to things that we should be doing based on the whys, uh, what, what we're trying to get to. Um, I'm interested in your older population going into that 60s and later group. Um, what are the things that you think are really important for those uh, those people to make sure that they have in their repertoire of working out um you know i'm just thinking of things again how we translate it back to movement like you talked about the pickle jar i'm looking at grip strength so what are some of the things that you see for that population
1: well in most cases yeah by the time most people are in their 60s and then 70s uh, they've lost a lot of function, and they know it, and they want to try to recover it. And so there's there's going to be a, a bit of uh, coaching from the perspective of patients. Okay, this is not going to change overnight, but it will change. And so uh, most of the movement patterns I do with them are are fairly basic from the perspective of I, I don't have them doing power cleans uh, or deadlifts. Uh, <laughs> What we're doing is we're, we're talking about more of what's a natural movement for you. And it can be as simple as get down on the floor and get back up. Okay, that, that for, for anyone that's younger, you're like, well, that's not even a workout. And I'm like, okay, well, now glue your left hand to your right knee when you're on the floor and get up. And now you have to figure out balance. Now you have to figure out leverage. Now you have to figure out strength. And that just became a lot harder workout and that can progress and progress and whether you know what the turkish get up is or not then i would encourage you to go look that up and do one of those and tell me how you feel about it so just getting on the ground and getting back up uh, for grip strength it's about carrying things mm-hmm. so what do we have that it could be a gallon of water you know i want you to grab a gallon of water and walk around your house then grab it with the other hand and walk around your house And you realize pretty quick, if you don't have grip strength, that that gallon gets really, really heavy really, really quick. It's only eight pounds, but it gets really heavy really, really quick, and it helps strengthen your grip. And so it's just little things like that that are generally functional that can help give back the strength and some of the capabilities that we've lost.
0: Absolutely, I love that. And I, I don't think, you know, as, as as people where we're at today, 40, 50, whatever that is, I, I mean, I've certainly seen even in my uh, world, uh, you know, I, I w- I'd run, that was my thing, I was a runner. At 55, I've had to change and shift that to lifting over the last six or seven years because of uh, what I need from, from my from my body. But it, it's this progression of um, of of activity that that has just changed over the stages of my life. I think um, I, I think what I want to want to say is that if you're experiencing, you know. Um, mobility issues and or injuries that you know you're still fixable at 40 50 60 70 like you may you know it may look a little different but we're all fixable um I have people that'll message and go I can't work it you know make it to work out because my knee hurts I'm like we still have three quarters of a body to work with (laughs) so don't forget that, you know, we have lots of, uh, of, of modifications and progressions and regressions that you can use to make sure that we're still getting the biggest bang for our buck. So some of the exercises that you were th- saying, uh, we should look at ma- uh, making sure we have grip strength, obviously uh, getting from the floor up, which translates into maybe a Turkish get up. Are there some other exercises that you find are really important for our aging population?
1: Well, I think strength training, and it's every population. I wouldn't just say it was an aging population thing, but it is, it is an every population thing. Um, if, you're not stre- if you're not training for strength, then you're letting your bone density go, you're letting your muscle mass go. Over the age of 35, uh, we all start a process called sarcopenia, which is loss of muscle, and osteopenia, which is loss of bone. For women who start out with less bone mass to begin with, that can become a very big deal. And you see that when you see the crumpled little grandmas that look so frail they can barely walk. Um, that's that's what that is. That's osteopenia becoming um, basically osteoporosis. Um, and they're liable to break at any given moment because they just don't have the bone density uh, to not break. The other stat is that half or half to one third, I forget which one it is, but most people are gonna fall at some point after they turn 65. And some people fall practically every year. Um, so if you're a clumsy person and you have no bone density or strength, you're gonna break. Um, if you're a relatively stable person, you might not fall as often, but you're still probably gonna fall at some point. And if you don't have the strength and you don't have the bone density, you're very likely to break. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people that do fall end up falling and they end up breaking their hip and that ends, in, ends up being a life-shortening event for practically everybody over the age of 65. You break your hip, your likelihood of dying just went up dramatically. So when we start talking about all-cause morbid, and morbidity, it's not the fall that kills you, it's the right. injury and the fact that you just don't recover afterwards. So, strength training is important to everybody it needs to be customized to your current skill level so you need to hire a coach that understands that and can work with you with what you have um, if you don't know how to do a lift you need to hire a coach that shows you how to use the equipment um, if you're you know, a little embarrassed about learning how to use the machines or learning how to do free weights it's cool uh, we all started somewhere um, and so just just go out find a trainer to walk you through how to use the machines how to use some of the free weights learn how to do the exercises safely and then slowly add progressive load as you get comfortable and you'll get stronger you'll retain or or actually even potentially build muscle and bone mass which is what you need so um, every every person should be lifting weights regardless of their age Um, but yeah particularly as we get older over the age of 35 if you're not lifting weights uh, doing doing uh, resistance exercise on a regular basis you're basically asking for your muscle mass and your bone density to go well
0: Yeah, makes sense. Okay, I want to get into a little bit more about Alan, because I think that we've just tapped into a small little portion of uh, who Alan is. So tell me, what are some of your passions, and has that changed since you've been in Panama?
1: Well, the coming to Panama was really kind of a part of all of it. As I was looking at my health journey, you know, my first my first step was yeah, diet and exercise. How do I get myself to lose weight and and look the way I want to look? And I was able to do that despite everything else that was going on with me. Um, But then I was like, okay, I've got to start working on me in in other ways. Like I got to work on my sleep. I've got to work on my stress management. And so I I started that process, that that self discovery, self growth process. And with each stage, I've, I've learned so much and I've basically taken it upon myself to teach people what I've learned. And so if it's anything, I'm, I'm a self-experimenter, but not the biohacker kind that you might see on some other podcast. I'm someone who's going to do something practical, uh, like retire early, if you will. I didn't retire early, but I basically left the corporate job and said, okay, I'm not going to have that income. It's gone. How do I make this happen? And it was really about a lower stress. I live on a Caribbean island, so if something goes on and I'm not happy about it, okay, well, what's next? I'll go kayak and fish you know, for a little while, how about that? Or I'll go for a walk in the jungle, how about that? Or go for a walk on the beach, how about that? Um, <laughs> so it's not that I would expect everybody to do that, but I think by saying seeing that, okay, it is, there's things that are possible that you might not have thought were possible Mm -hmm. if you go out and say i need to lower my stress but i can't do it with the current job or i can't do it with the toxic relationship that was one of the first things i jettisoned when i started trying to look after myself Was i've got to get all this toxic stuff out of my life so i broke up with a long-term girlfriend because i knew she was holding me back from being healthy and i just didn't need that in my life anymore so I don't want to say I'm my passion, but I am a very important person in my life. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have accomplished what I accomplished if I didn't have self-love. And I don't want that to sound like conceit or anything bigger than it is. It's just, if you really want to change yourself, you kind of got to be in love with yourself first. Mm -hmm. And when you're in love with yourself, you start treating yourself better. The conversation that your brain is having with yourself every day, it's like, okay, wait, I wouldn't talk to my best friend like that. You're not talking to me like that. I'm a better person than that. Let's, let's, let's change this narrative. And so it's really just a function of saying, when you start to love yourself, you start to treat yourself better. You start to live better. You start to be better. And it's just this wonderful cycle of, well, what can I do for myself next?
0: Yeah. I love that. I mean, for that point,
1: What's the messaging? Yeah, that's the messaging I want to put out there because I think so many people think, well, I've just got to start working out and doing this these, these tactics and strategies. And I just throw enough workouts at it and I, enough food diet stuff that's going to fix everything. And it doesn't fix anything. And then we're right back where we started. So for me, if you want to change yourself, it, it starts in your head and it starts <laughs> in your heart
0: yeah i love that absolutely love that and i i believe that we should be our own passion projects um we have we have the ultimate control um the ultimate responsibility and i find that as um you know after you've raised a family and uh you come back to this homeostasis of being you know back to you again that um a lot of people get lost in that in those years of being a parent and a and a corporate person and you know the list goes on and on and on um and we get lost in all the noise so to be able to come back to yourself and and love and 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 take responsibility and want to and want to be better and change i mean that's just that that's just the icing on the cake
1: absolutely yeah and so you know it's like we we came to we came to Panama and my wife needed something to kind of have as her project. And so we, we bought this bed and breakfast that she loves. We fixed it up and, and we're there. And so another part of my life, beyond what I'm doing with my training, is when people come to Bocas, we do what we can to make sure that they have a wonderful holiday and enjoy their time in Panama. And that brings joy because I'm helping people have great vacations I'm kind of vicariously having great vacations through them. So just thinking in terms of what can I do that's going to fill me up versus empty me out. And unfortunately when I was in corporate and all that, everything was emptying me out and nothing was filling me out. So that's my coaching. Is so important to me. That's my running the bed and breakfast is so important to me. I'm living the life I want to live, I feel filled up, not empty. And I think that's how everybody should try to live their lives. Not easy, but when you can, the difference is just fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I am so with you. Um, I want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your um, day, and uh, you know, I, it, just sharing your passion and what you do. I, I feel I really do feel empowered with getting to a chance to talk to other coaches. Because I, I think that a, a lot of people miss, maybe misrepresent what the coaching should be. And um, I, I love the foundation that we've had with uh, on the OTM and, and where we've come from, because they've given us the tools to really uh, dig deep into w- what we need, but also how to facilitate a great program for our clients. So I appreciate being able to talk to you and uh, and listen to your story and get inspired uh, to see because really there is no limits. There are no there are no impossibilities. And you're a living uh, you're living and breathing some of those limitations or some of those uh, passions that you're that you were just talking about. Don't forget, I I need to get your link for your bed and breakfast we need to add that because people will ask and i'll need to know exactly where you are so we can send all of our canadians over to panama i appreciate your time and um i hope you have an amazing day
1: thank you kim i appreciate being here
0: okay mr allen was that okay Mm-hmm. I love it. I love sharing and getting a chance to um, just uh, share some of other coaches' knowledge about the clients that they work with. And I appreciate the, um, yeah, you you really hit so many nails on the head with um, helping people understand the bone and muscle loss and, um, and then things that we need to have moving forward as we age. So that was perfect. Exactly what I was looking for as far as sharing uh sharing information back to my clients i'll um i'll put this into a nice little package i i can send you the uh, preview before it goes live and then i'll make sure that i share all your links but i really would like your bed and breakfast as well oh easy okay lulabb.com Okay, I'll add it here, and um, and then if you have anything that comes up for you, holler, but I'll leave it. Uh, I'll leave it so you can take a look at it before it goes live, and then I'll and then as soon as you give me the okay, we'll be good to go. And we actually.